Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Today, we are continuing uh, our stories and readings on Ahamkara's Wish Dragons. Uh, Similar to Dragon Ball's Dragons myth? They're kind of the... I mean, ish, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, you don't have to gather the stuff for them to appear. You can just walk right up to one and be like, hey... I want this. And they're going to be like, hey, you get this. And you're like, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that uh, that the the wishes in DBZ ever were intentionally obtuse. Yeah. No, I don't think they ever are. Uh, so, yeah. But th- this is uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're continuing on with the Ahamkaras and, and, their, and their monkey paw wish magic. Uh, when we, when we've, uh, ended last episode, we, we were in the dreaming city. Uh, life was good. Uh, we had, uh, Ahamkara and Awoken walking beside each other throughout the dreaming city. They live pretty peacefully, uh, except for Azram. He's kind of a dick, but yeah, you know, like, it's like black sheep, right? Like there's always that one cousin where you're just like, I don't know. We should invite him to the, to the family reunion. Maybe, maybe just send him a hello afterwards and call it good. Uh, but yeah, life is, life seems pretty good. Uh, there's the, 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 the Awoken have created ways to kind of like interact with them without wishes just kind of going astray, uh, by the ways, by way of the, uh, uh, the, oh God, what's the stone myth? I can't think of the name of the stone now. Amethyst. Amethyst. Yes. To create the, the mirror images of, of, of themselves and reflections. Cause Ahamkar have a hard time reading those. Uh, and then of course Mara, her her whole thing with the I don't like spoken language because it's a poor communicator. Uh, she created a whole wish wall and a, and a set of pictographs to to convey exactly what she wants to uh, uh, a, a an, any I, I would assume any Ahamkara. Um, I always associate the wish wall uh, in Last Wish specifically to Riven, but I, I I suppose it could work with any Ahamkara. There's no reason to say that it couldn't. Um, but yeah, to be kind of like a more controlled, uh, environment, uh, for wishes just so they don't do like crazy shit. Like all of a sudden George, the Awoken now has 17 arms and lasers coming out of his fingers. No, we don't want that. Yeah. Not so much. Uh, But yeah. So, uh, where are we picking up today, Miss? Yeah. So, uh, today we are continuing our kind of history of the ahamkara uh as they have lived alongside everything in in the i guess universe really um before getting to the soul system and once they arrived here things were okay for a little bit but once they met guardians i and guardians understood what their powers were and how dangerous they were, uh, they were met with a a great deal of um, caution, and sure. uh, you know it, it was it was always this temptation that was there for for a guardian to go make a wish, and the vanguard understood that that temptation was a big danger, and so that. Dahamkara had always sat in this place of like, they're really powerful. They can be really useful, but they can also be very, very dangerous to a lot of people, not just 
you know, the poor fool that goes and talks to them. Uh, and so they were already in this kind of place of contention. And then they started doing something to Venus. And what the, the, it was essentially some kind of like terraforming almost. Uh, but this terraforming in classic wish dragon fashion was so odd and ethereal that no one could actually agree on what it was they were doing. Um, Interesting. And so we're going to start tonight by reading a letter from Eris Morn to Queen Marasov in regards to what is happening on Venus and what the Vanguard is, is decided to do. Uh, and this comes from the Mask of the Great Hunt, which is the hunter's helmet from the Last Wish raid. And we're going to be going over a lot of Last Wish items today. Uh, so this one goes like this. The Ahamgar remain an issue. And there's still so much we can learn from them, but what they've done to Venus... No two guardians see the same thing. Consultants from the war cult have been brought in to gauge disagreements over the timelines of events. One of our warlocks stared into the paracausal phenomenon that formed over the Ishtar Academy and shot himself. He is not an authorized Thanatonaut, by the way. Luckily, his ghost hid from him beforehand, and we managed to get him back. He has no lingering physical wounds, but will still need time to recover. We thought we were gods who had found an opportunity for more power. A silly notion to the likes of you and me, but the average guardian has not been threatened like this. The titans are beside themselves. We will take extreme measures, we must, but these creatures have such means, they will flee, far and wide, perhaps all the way to you. Mara, I implore you, if you hold your people as dearly as you say you do, you will end them on sight. Signed, Eris Morn. That's the end of that one. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I guess a Titan would be someone who would want 16 arms and lasers <laughs> out of their fingers. Uh, must punch more, right? Like that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the key there. Uh, yeah. No. So I I I do the idea of like no two guardians seeing the same thing. I I think that's very much like a like a through the looking glass style uh, description of it of like just because it's something that obviously nobody can describe what's happening because nobody can come to the same conclusion, uh, which also is driving uh, Guardians to Madness. Like the, the mm-hmm. one that just stared into the abyss and just shot himself. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's your typical like Hollywood, like, oh, this guy's been driven to madness type thing. Um, so yeah, but then but then for her to, to feel this strongly about it, to say to Mara, um, kill him. Kill the Ahamkara. Yeah. That's, that's what she's saying at the end, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
kill them all. Like, yeah, she's she's essentially alluding to what does end up being the Vanguard's decision of we need to eradicate the threat. Now, now here's a here's a a flip side of that. Just killing them doesn't end it. No. So Ahamkara, I don't know if live is the right term, but yeah, their essence persists beyond the death of their organic body. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the bone that Callus had that we that we yep. talked about. Like th- their bones have power; their bones can grant wishes. Yeah. So um, yeah, Ahamkara bones hold a again like the soul or the the essence of the ahamkara they came from and it it seems like perhaps the strength of the ahamkara maybe dictates uh how powerful that that lingering piece of it is um you know or or something along those lines cuz certainly not all of them are equal in in their abilities after death but they all seem to have an ability to further communicate after death yeah. uh and so what happens is the vanguard institutes what becomes known as the great hunt uh or the great ahamkara hunt where they mobilize any and all notable guardians of strong will to go to Venus where all the Ahamkara have seemed to collect for whatever reason and eradicate them, you know, drive them to extinction. And this, this is a, this is a Vanguard decision, not a like uh Vanguard response tomorrow or anything like that. This is right. all, this is all this is all independent. Van the Vanguard just say, well this this shit's dangerous. We're gonna deal with it. Yes. Yeah. Uh this is a, a Vanguard decision of like we this is how we're going to deal with this threat. The only way we know we see as a possibility and that is to remove it from the system. Now does do do Guardians I guess that's the that's the other question too, because like obviously Callus understood that the bones still held power. Do guardians understand that? Yes. Okay. Uh, that is, that is a known function. Although, you know, who knows how much they understand, but they definitely, sure. uh, either know beforehand or learn over the course of the great hunt, that that is something that needs to be accounted for. Uh, okay. So we're going to start off the great hunt itself with um, the hunter chest, the uh, vest of the great hunt, um, which continues with Eris um, now during the hunt itself, presumably near the beginning of the hunt. Uh, And it goes like this. Venus, the great hunt. The Ahamkara refused to die. For a day... Wei Ning had been fighting it to a standstill with her bare hands, cratering it repeatedly into the ground. Eris had seen wish dragons drive titans mad by refusing to fall to brute strength. But Eris was pretty sure Wei Ning was already insane. Confession time, the titan said as she hammered punches into the Ahamkara's tentacled face. 
I've kind of been wishing this fight would go on forever. Eris balked. Please stop, you psychopath. We have six others to handle. No, no, we want this. Trust me, Wei Ning said. An hour later, six shapes emerged from the Venusian foliage. Ahamkara. Their compatriot, whom Wei Ning continued to pound into the ground, was pulsating, growing stronger, feeding. The others had come to feast at the same table. Eris pulled her arc blade from the air and blinked, and when the hunter and titan finished their hunt, Eris thought she heard Wei Ning whisper, Did you say something? I was about to ask you. Hmm. That's the end of that card. Ooh, the secret whisper. <laughs> so, okay, now waning, uh, and again, we're going to, uh, throughout all the readings tonight, we're going to have a lot of big names and yes. myth, myth, and all of you know my squirrel brain, I'm going to forget who the hell all these people are. Waning is one of Eris's fire team members yes. that went into the Hellmouth. Yeah, so it is is worth pointing out um that the Ahamkara hunt is well before the uh events of the Hellmouth, uh, the events of of Eris's fire team also well before the events of um the original assault on the moon and kind of the right. war with Crota. Uh, this is this is like this is like really on, honestly I think really early Vanguard days where it's yes. like yep. like the speakers there and then I think it's like Saint Fourteen and Osiris are like his left and right hand man yep. um, as part of the Vanguard like is I and again I correct me if I'm wrong I don't think like Zavala or Cade or Akora are in power uh, or or I don't want to say in power but they're not like the Vanguard hunter the Vanguard warlock and titan i don't believe so um ikora would be osiris's protege i uh, yeah. andal brask i think would be in charge yeah right now. so it's uh, probably it'd be, those three then it'd be even prior to to andal brask um, oh, okay okay it would be uh tallulah fairwind during there this. you go so it'd be tallulah uh saint and osiris as mm-hmm. the the three primary vanguards right now yeah, I uh, and Holy so shit, that really is like early days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's uh, what would that be? The uh, city age, like early. I early think city probably age? very early city age, probably shortly okay. after the founding of the city. Um, so yeah, Wei Ning is a very important figure, and we'll see a lot of very important figures in these cards. Uh, so she was not part of uh, Eris's fire team, but her death is what caused Ariana 3 to form that fire team. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, Wei, Wei Ning and Ariana 3 were presumed to be lovers. Uh, Wei Ning died in the original assault against Crota on the moon, and Ariana 3 then formed her little band of uh, of people to to seek revenge afterwards, and Eris was included in that. With, with goddamn Toland. Uh, yeah. Yep. Fucking fucking Toland. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so we see here uh Eris as a hunter before she lost her light. 
um, as an arc hunter, apparently. I was going to say, I, I always forget that she's a hunter. Like, because she's so steeped in, like, dark <laughs> magic now, I always think of her as a warlock. And, like, she's, like, she's really, really, like, again, nothing against hunters, but I feel like she's, like, the smartest hunter on the planet. Or maybe in the universe. <laughs> I don't know. I, she seems like a warlock to me. Well, she's certainly the uh, the the most crafty. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she, I, I believe this is when she first met Waning was uh, kind of being paired up with her for this hunt. And Waning is using the, uh, is using the, the making of wishes as bait. She's making herself look like a, a target for a, other Ahamkara. That's a bold move. <laughs> it's a very bold move. I, Waning is known to be a very unsubtle Titan. Uh, is is Waning the one that hucked somebody as a missile? No, no. Um, that that was in the Iron Lords. Um, but Waning is the one that is attributed with the quote, "I will punch the darkness itself." So yeah, yeah. Punch <laughs> more hands, sixteen <laughs> arms. Yeah. But so it does seem like this early into the hunt, uh, perhaps. Waning and Eris are just not particularly familiar with Ahamkara, or maybe it isn't common knowledge yet, but they hear this whispering and they don't think to attribute it to the Aham to the dead Ahamkara. So oh, uh, I didn't even think of that, but that's that's gotta be where it's coming from, right? Yeah. So it, it seems like perhaps that wasn't common knowledge at this point in time. Uh, at the beginning of the hunt. So uh, as we move on, we can actually see that. Uh, not only what did Eris send, re- you know, send Mara a uh, request to uh, just keep an eye out, really, but Mara actually um, actively contributes to the hunt. So not only was not only did Mara receive that request, she was like, "Yeah, this is a good idea. This this is something that should be done." And we see that in the greaves of the Great Hunt, which are the Titan uh, boots from Last Wish. Uh, and so from there, we see this. So the Dreaming City would have a wall, too. Leona Byrle stared up at rows of blank, circular plates with dread. This one was more valuable than everything behind the wall of the Last City and not nearly as defensible. The tower has asked for help in its great hunt. If the vanguard knew that help the queen rendered came at the behest of the Ahamkara Riven, armies of guardians would be storming the reef. So, they will never know. The guardians brought this on themselves. The bargains they made and the power and knowledge they gained was equivalent to the chaos wrought on this system by whispers. The queen was glad to help them clean the mess if it meant Riven would be the last living Ahamkara. Power is useful, and unique power even more so. Leona wasn't sure if she was as glad as the queen. And that's the end of that one. This is this is an interesting. I, so, again, thinking of of the Ahamkara that are kind of like walking the streets with the, with that's that's got to be kind of 
scary, I think, in the Dreaming City that the these things that have been kind of living and, and existing around all the Awoken are now, like, public enemy number one. Like, right. kill them all. Leave Riven as the last one. Like, and again, that's Mara seeing power and being, you know, and, and unique power is exactly, exactly what she says. Um, it, 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 to, to have a one of, eh, maybe not, maybe not a fantastic idea, but probably not the worst idea. Um, plus the entire like foundation of the dreaming city, I think exists because Ahamkara or because Riven helped manifest it essentially. Essentially. Um, so yeah, like, I, yeah. So this is, this is where if you go to the dreaming city right now, um, in game, you see like this giant wall around the, what would be the city proper around like the actual buildings of the dreaming city. We, we only ever really get on the outskirts and can kind of look down into it during the raid. Um, but we're never actually in the city and it's because of this big wall and that wall was built specifically to kind to, to essentially hide Riven from us. Cause that's, I think that's one thing that's, that's should be noted about the last wish. Uh, Riven is is literally locked away. Yes, Riven, Riven is imprisoned at this point, essentially. Yeah, because because the the encounter at the vault, you are you are literally opening a combination lock to open the door to get inside to go kill Riven. Yep. So she she's 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 not a she's not a <laughs> she's probably the only Ahamkara that isn't like a free will Ahamkara. <laughs> she's literally imprisoned there. Yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't seem like it was always that way, but there no, came no, a no. point where they deemed, you know, Mara deemed it necessary to ensure that she didn't go anywhere. Yep. Uh and so we we can see okay, Mara has said she's going to support them in this hunt and she's hiding away her own Ahamkara um, so that that's no longer, you know, a risk of of Riven being hunted down. What was that said about the the armies helping them coming from Riven? So, I uh, it it sounds like it was Riven's idea. Holy um, shit! To to support this. That's this this is mind blowing. Even Riven is behind this idea of like I will be the last one. That's that's gotta be that's gotta be some type of fucky wish shit. Maybe, maybe I think so. Because why why would you want to be the last of your species? I mean, granted, you would be the most powerful being in the universe, but like, holy well, shit, man! And there that is something that um, the lore card Riven from uh, I believe it's the book The Dreaming City. It's not one that I had yeah. prepared tonight. Uh, it literally states or or Riven literally states that Ahamkara don't have a relationship with each other. Like she, she does not care when other Ahamkara are hunted and killed. Uh, They're very solitary creatures. They don't seem to form a connection with each other. Uh, Which is is odd that they even congregated all on Venus. Right. It, It makes it extra kind of abnormal that they Man, all Ahamkara fucking got weird, together dude so um because i i think they're all 
solitarily in pursuit of a goal. And sure. Th- you know, if one of their brethren doesn't make it, then they weren't meant to. Yeah. Uh so I don't I don't think Riven necessarily has any qualms with her species being hunted down. Uh and yeah, so that that card in particular says um if the Vanguard knew that the help the queen rendered came at the behest of the Ahamkara Riven, armies of guardians would storm the reef. Yeah, because then they'd, they'd, yeah. <laughs> they'd assume that the Awoken have been corrupted, essentially. Yep, yep. Uh, so, Kill them all. That, that'd, be, that'd be the Vanguard yeah. <laughs> operative there, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's crazy, though, to think that. But but I, th- I think you're right, too, because the idea that, like, n- like two Ahamkara... Now, again, this is kind of, like, contradicting, like, what Wei Ning did. But, like, I don't think that, like, two Ahamkara could feed off of the same being because there's just, there's just not enough energy there to, to sustain multiple Ahamkara. The desire to feed would be there. Like, I could see them wanting to feed, but then, like, in the, in the, in the instance of Wei Ning luring six more in, like... I'm pretty sure none of them would grow as powerful as a single one being there. So yeah, that's yeah, a, probably yeah. not. It'd probably be split six ways. Um, yep. that's what I was thinking. So, but at the same time, like maybe, I mean, it could just be that guardians are that appetizing, you know, that, that paracausal ability in addition to their, their desires. Like maybe that just really is worth it. I don't know. I mean, paracausality is a, is a energy source in itself. I feel like, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. So, um, we continue to see the support from the queen in the plate of the great hunt, which is that Titan chess piece. Uh, and it goes like this. Joxer checked the safety on his rifle for the ninth time. Ilin of the Techian stepped out of the grayness before him. A massive, coffin-shaped container levitated at her side. You won't need that, Ilian said of the rifle. Joxer kept it in his hands. All the light and still your key motivation is fear. It's fear that drives you to ask the queen for help. The Ahamkara are blasting and paving entire regions of Venus, he said. They wouldn't be so base. They're rewriting Venus. Whatever you want to call it, it's a problem that I can't punch. Do you have the guns that will help or not? The massive container lowered itself before the titan. Alien lifted the lid, and pale cosmic light from within reflected off Joxer's eyes. Long rifles, close-quarter weapons, silent killers in the night. All yours to borrow, but you must return these when your hunt is complete. Why? Joxer frowned. Those are the conditions of her bargain. Take it or leave it. Her? The the queen? Ilin didn't respond. Joxer shrugged and took the entire container on his back. And that's the end of that one. The, the queen my ass. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are paracausal weapons. These are Ahamkara weapons made by an Ahamkara. <laughs> Get it, the fuck out of here. It does seem that uh, Riven has 
seemingly provided the weapons that are the, you know, presumably the perfect things to kill Ahamkara. Who else to ask? Like, that's 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 a perfect solution i feel like like that's if if i need to kill a wish dragon i'm gonna go ask a wish dragon for something to kill a wish dragon with Mm -hmm. that's just that i don't know that seems like perfect logic i do love that he's like i can't punch it this is stupid because i can't punch it i need a gun (laughs) (laughs) clear clearly a titan yes uh so the name joxer might be slightly familiar to some uh they would have shown up during the season of the Drifter, primarily, uh, they were one of the main uh, kind of characters in the stories of the Gambit Prime armor uh, and how Gambit was originally perceived as this really dangerous, like dark activity to do. Uh, and Joxer was was part of the fire teams in there uh, doing doing all the testing for it. Yes, yeah. Uh, and there's also seen on the Wither Horde uh, lore tab as well. So, uh, well, and and another big name, Illin. She's she's one of the she's one of the three Techians that were yes. next to Mara. Yep. In the in the in the battle over Saturn, uh, that that tried to escape and was like, we need to run, but then yeah. Mara forgot to tell them the plan and. Kind of fucked up. <laughs> kind of didn't didn't go so well. Um, so yeah, so they're being provided these these weapons, uh, presumably by Riven. Um, okay, so now that they've acquired some weaponry and are you know the hunt has officially begun, uh, we see that the hunt itself raged on for seemingly many years. Uh, this was not now, here's a... a. Here's an interesting question: Can Ahamkara do? Or I guess would Ahamkara have any control over time? Um, I don't think directly. Like, I, I, I guess I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the extent of that, their wish magic is. If it allows them to control time. Thing. Right, like, because if it, like the the way that Wei Ning was like, I wish for this to go on forever. Like, is that forever actually happening in real time, or is that forever in like the the blink of a second? You know what I mean? Like, that's I I assume that it's real time, and that the wish to go on forever isn't that it's affecting time in any way. It's just that the Ahamkara is never actually dying. Is is right. never like yep. defeatable. Yep. Uh, the the immovable object uh, right. for the Titan to wail on. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but yeah, maybe. Say so they they certainly have a lot of power. Um, but yeah, so this this is something. This fight rages on for a very long time. We see some really notable figures during some of the main uh, kind of battles that take place. So. The first of those battles that we're going to look at is on the Grips of the Great Hunt, which is the Hunter Gloves from Last Wish. Uh, and this one has some names you will definitely recognize. Uh, and it goes like this. Venus, one year into the Great Hunt. Eris and Zavala watch as Shax sat with the dying Ahamkara, a hand on its snout. Is he 
gloating? she asked. I think he's too pragmatic to gloat, Zavala said. Morning, then. Perhaps. The Ahamkara twitched, and its eyes rolled up into its head. The biochemical glow just beneath its skin grew harsh. Zavala and Arist raised their hands against the increasing glare, and then the corpse exploded. Dirt showered the guardians like dusty rain on a clear day, and Shaq sat silently in the resulting crater, covered in a sheen of green fire. Zavala and Aris open their mouths to speak, but Shaxx interrupts them. Shh, he says, as the flame quietly roars, and they could all hear a disembodied whisper, but they were used to that by now. That's the end of that one. The, the one time Shax isn't screaming, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if he's scared, <laughs> impressed, worried, I I don't know, man. I do. I do like that he has that respect for for the thing that he has just killed. Yeah. Because uh, that's. I mean, again, thinking of how powerful Nahamkara is, and Shax is like. I mean, he's 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 fucking Shax, man. Like, right. what else do you say about him? Um. So yeah, for him to have that that level of re- of respect there, I think is is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um. I don't think there's any explanation needed as to who those characters are. No. So. No. <laughs> uh. So we'll move right along to the next uh, kind of main battle. Um, And this is told from the strides of the Great Hunt, the Hunter Boots. Um, And this one also has a very notable figure. And it goes like this. Eris and Ikora stood over a graveyard of whispering bones. An hour ago, this was a vibrant army of Ahamkara. What did they offer you? said Eris. Her stare reached for a mile in front of them. So did the grave of bones. The same as you, I'm sure, Ikora stood, buoyed by a gentle flow of light above the whispering bones. It was easier to concentrate up here. Everything they say is true, said Eris and Ikora looked down at her sharply. Sentiments like that leads to morbid places, she cautioned. Yes, came the reply. If you guide your light north, I will take the south. This will be quick. I think they showed me my life before my ghost. Aris, focus. Yes. And together, the guardians summoned a storm of light that consumed the bones around them. They ignored the whispers, but the voices grew louder, harsher, as the maelstrom progressed. And soon, they couldn't tell the difference between the whispers and the storm. And that's the end of that reading. Or or the screaming, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, like that's that's the whole thing with them. Like you can't even their bones are are potential wish sources, so you can't you can't even 
you can't even just like have a memento of like, hey, I killed a wish dragon because then <laughs> it just doesn't stop. Uh, but no, that's an interesting thought too. That uh, of if if they really did show Eris, uh, her life before being a guardian, because even even that life is like kind of questioned, right? Uh, I think we we tried to cover it in our in our Eris Morn series, uh, way way back. Uh, and there's there's multiple points of of possible. This is what Eris was before she was Eris, and so yeah, it's uh. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, but they definitely they they had to eradicate all these bones. Like that's just yeah, and it, it seems it seems they we've seen as as they progress through like the first fight uh, that we we were had a, a telling for you know they they're like what did did you whisper at me no did you whisper at me and moving to okay the whispers are normal we we expect them now and now moving on to the whispers are dangerous. We are eliminating. We are atomizing the bones as well. Yeah. So, I uh, now we're going to move on to uh, another notable battle here. This one uh, has a name that some of you may not be as familiar with, but is a very notable figure nonetheless. Uh, and this one is on the age-old bond, which is the uh, auto-rifle from The Last Wish. And it goes like this. The driving bass line of, cl- of a classic song from Old Earth drove their prey before them. No less than half a dozen wyverns snarled and clawed at the trio as they stabbed and blasted their way through the wilds of Mars. Pradith wished hard, wished it would never end. Alongside him, Kabir was a towering giant. An awoken made weapon roared in his hands and in his head. Fionnin was a force, a living embodiment of the void. Where he pointed, Amkara died. In the middle between them, Pradith smiled. A winged and scaled lion with a boar's tusk leapt at him, and he could swear he saw the thing wink at him as he tore it apart. But beneath the song, Pradith heard static, like a calm signal. Nah, best not to think about it. And Pradith wished again, and the hunt went on. That's the end of that one. Bold move, Pradith. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's a dangerous freaking game he's playing there yeah that's uh so the the three of them uh they're 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 why we have vault of glass yep <laughs> essentially they're yep. uh kabir specifically is the reason why we don't get unmade from time um <laughs> pradith pradith being trapped in there was the one that told us hey get the fuck in here Please remember us. We don't want to be remember. We don't want to be forgotten. Yep. And uh, the third one, uh, Pahanan, I think was his name. Yep, Pahanan. Uh, ran screaming as yep. he, you should. <laughs> so and, and made a machine gun and was like, "This is my, this is my best friend," and it talks yep. to me. Uh, so fun fact about that. So yes, Pahanan is the only one of the of uh, Kabir's fire team to escape the vault. Um, did not escape unscathed though. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> he definitely some um, mental scarring there. 
a little bit. Uh, Pahanan created the machine gun from D1 called Super Good Advice, and it was a smart machine gun that could observe and talk to him because his experiences in the Vault of Glass convinced him that if there was not something to constantly uh, observe him, that he would no longer exist. And that a fucked up ass concept, but it's like so true. Like, because that's the whole thing with the Vault of Glass is the Vex literally unmake you from time. So it's yeah. not even like they kill you; they made it to where you never existed. So that's like, and this has always been like this crazy fan theory. And, and I, I don't know if I'm if I'm the one that came up with it, or or if I've just heard it somewhere and I've repeated it so many times that I feel like I came up with it. But the original Vault of Glass team was the three of them, but it was the raid. So like. Where's the other three members? They're never mentioned more than three people. So it's like, were those other three people just unmade from time and we don't know that they existed? Yeah, if uh, if and when we ever do a deep dive on the Vault of Glass, um, I do believe there is a lore entry that never names names, but does allude to them having had a full fire team at one point. Isn't that uh, crazy? They yeah. can make you from time. You never existed. All the interactions you ever had with people never happened. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Pro- probably worse than Wish Magic. Probably. Probably a little bit. Uh, but you know, that that was was Praetis Wish, right? I want to I want to keep fighting. I want this to never stop. Uh, similar in some ways to Wei Ning's where, um, you know, I don't want, I want this fight to, to never end. Uh, but perhaps his wish is what landed him in the vault of glass with some time fuckery going on. Uh, that's, that's, that's some, that's some monkey paw wish magic there. Like, but I never want the fight to end. So, okay, well, the fight's never going to end for you. You're going to get locked in a place where you will be fighting for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Like, holy shit. So, but, uh, not a vault of glass episode. So we're going to move on. Right. Um, but it is a fun little, little token i now we are going to look at something still slightly vex related and actually something that you were thinking of last episode uh this is the lore card from the apex predator rocket launcher uh and it goes like this the massive vex construct that was the ahamkara towered over them and Taco 3 tried not to be bored. Being bored might lead to idle wishes, and that would be bad right now. She thought again about the name she'd squinted at on the porcelain chiton when she'd drawn lots back at the tower. Two named guardians always struck her as a little pretentious. Galida... The warlock didn't look up from the drawing she was making. She just held up a finger. Yes, uh, the rear ventral plate now, please. Graciously, the construct shifted its superstructure and allowed the researcher a detailed look at the thing's internal workings. And there. The warlock turned towards Taiko. All right, you may proceed. Finally. As Galita ran clear 
and the beast war warbled a vex let out a vex war cry Taiko hefted the massive launcher up over her shoulder and sighted down the line and that's the end of that lore card yeah see i remember something it just all jumbled <laughs> together <laughs> yep so uh this is uh so Taiko 3 is um someone that original d2 uh d2 vanilla players will recognize from the song of savathun strike uh, i was gonna say is that the one that's leading us through this this that yep. strike yep we're at the very end her, her like she, the whole time she's like all they're, they're sucking the light out of all my fire team members she gets mm-hmm. down there and she's like nope same plan and then she gets the light sucked out of her yep that that is the same take oh three um okay and uh, Galida, who uh, is, her full name, as Taiko mentioned, she has two names, which is pretentious, I guess. Uh, I mean, aren't all warlocks? Ikora <laughs> Ray. Yeah, you know, you know, you're not wrong. Um, oh, but this Says is the uh, two warlocks mains in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is Galida Turiet, is her full name. And uh, although a lesser known figure in the lore, um, she is the creator of the gun from Destiny 1 called Pocket Infinity. So, oh man, man, that you want to talk about a game breaking gun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's there's a reason stuff like that won't ever come back. Like, that's you, you can't do that in a video game. Like, I mean, you can, but it's a bad idea, yeah. Pocket Infinity was real cool and real busted. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, we're going to move on to another battle with some notable names. Uh, this one is from the Chattering Bone Pulse Rifle. Uh, and actually, real quick, I'm pretty sure the guns that we get in the raid, the Chattering Bone, Apex Predator, so on and so forth... Um, I think these are the actual guns that were given to the Guardians during the Great Hunt by Riven. I think these are think the Ahamkara right. killing guns. I think you're right. I 100% feel like you are. Yeah, I I think that's what they are. They have they all the all the guns from the Last Wish, um, which I absolutely love their aesthetic. Um, they all have like this bone combined with like mm-hmm. the 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 oracle engine style background kind of rotating around a, a, a map like thing uh, of the galaxy um yep. so yeah i i think you're right i think they're very much i i think they're they're what was it that, that's what was in this crate mhm mhm so i uh, these these next i uh, two that we're going to talk about from chattering bone have a little different experience with an ahamkara uh it's not necessarily a fight in the classic sense so this one goes like this nadia sipped her tea calm and collected shinobu sat back looking perplexed really the entire summer the serpent that claimed to look like her mother sat across from the two of them, smiling broadly. Why would I lie? I'm telling you, the whole summer you wore that dress. 
We had to tackle you to get the thing off and get you to bathe. The serpent plucked the dainty cup from the white saucer and set it to her lips before continuing. Your brother called you Stinkbug for years until, well, you know. Nadia reached over and took the other hunter's hand in her own. It would lie because it's fulfilling your wish, Nobu. And Shinobu searched the serpent's face. Her mother just smiled again, all teeth and secrets. Shinobu felt tears at the corners of her eyes, her voice barely a whisper. Okay. Now. The burst from the pulse rifle was loud, and Nadia pulled the trigger again and again and again. That's the end of that lore card. Ooh, a battle of wits. Or a battle of emotions? I don't know, like... Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's a little bit of temptation here. Like, yeah, uh, it seems like more guardians than just Eris are curious about what their lives were before they were a guardian. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, how could you not be? Like, I. That's that's what always kind of like blows my mind with guardians. Like, right. so many guardians just like they get res and they just accept it. But there's there's very few that like get res and are like hold the fuck on here. Something's not right. Like this is this is weird. Like it's it's different. Yeah. And uh, you know, for for Shinobu, and this is yep. the Shinobu from Shinobu. That one Zao, I didn't know. By what, the way. what was the other one though? Um not Nadia. Uh so Nadia. Um so Nadia is a member of Shinobu's fire team. Uh they show up in um the Shinobu's Vow, uh, as well as the uh, oh, okay. the okay. sixth coyote exotic um because i i think the group that shinobu is in is called the six coyotes um but yeah not nadia is is a traveling companion um and uh and yeah this is this is temptation this is literally a guardian getting to sit down with the parent they never knew and be regaled with stories of their their childhood their past their these things that they don't have that's still that's still such an odd concept to me, right? Like, you don't even have a memory of this. Yeah. How could you want of this? But I don't know, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, and I I think that's what you know Nadia is saying is like this. You you don't you have no way to know that what this thing is telling you is is correct. It could be lying through its teeth. Yeah. Just because it could be telling you the version of your childhood that you wish you had. Right. That doesn't mean that it's the truth. Wish wish dragons are bad, yo. Yeah. Uh and so Shinobu finally, you know, kind of breaks out of it enough to you know, let Nadia take care of it. Yeah. Uh so yeah. So moving on to uh, the next fight here. Um, this was also a little bit of a uh, a little different scenario. Um, so this is on the Nation of Beasts, which is the hand cannon from the Last Wish raid. Um, and uh, this one has some figures that you uh, may not know the names of, but you definitely know their 
their exploits. Uh, so this one goes like this. She held the handgun pressed against Lu Feng's head. Orios blinked back through the sweat. Lu Feng held the handgun against Orios's head. She shivered. Across the river, as if in a mirror, another Lu Feng and another Orios looked back at them. Two Lu Fangs, two Orioses, four handguns. The Lu Fang that was cold opened her mouth. I wish. And then the shooting started. And when it stopped, only the true guardians still lived. And they stared at each other from across the river. How did you know? Lu Fang asked. I could feel the heat of the forge on my skin. Oreo shook her head. You could not? Lu Fang shook her head also. Forget these tricksters. They can teach us nothing. And you have so much left to learn. And that's the end of that entry. This is the classic, like, no, shoot him. He's the real. Oh, yeah. how do you tell? Well, what's my birthday? Shit, I don't remember. Oh, that's the fake one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll remember my goddamn birthday, asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what just played out here. <laughs> yeah. So to to explain this a little bit, though. um, So uh, Oreos is saying, I knew which one of you was the real one because I could feel the heat of the forge. To explain that a little bit. Uh, Oreos is the third magistrate of the Sunbreakers of the the Titan Order, the Sunbreakers, um, and the Forge is referred to as their. That's what they call their their solar light. If if I'm um, not mistaken, that's it's also um, in D one, in D two, the PvP map is Burnout. I can't remember the the original name of it. Um, but I believe that that forge is on Mercury. Yes, I believe that's that is correct, and that's that's where they get their powers, or that's that's where the first Sunbreakers got their their solar powers from. Yeah. So Orios is saying, I didn't feel the solar light in that version of you, so that's the one I shot. I mean, uh, I, I guess on the flip side, they could all just shoot each other until everyone's dead, and then the ghosts would just <laughs> pop out and be like, "Well, we're, we're as the real ones." Yeah, yeah, that's that's a strategy too. Um, but yeah, so Oreos is, uh, you know, their claim to fame is that they were this this leader of the Sunbreakers, who uh, Lu Fang was a part of the the Sunbreaker Order. Um, Lu Fang, we all uh, know her exploit as a weapon manufacturer because she created the Sunshot. Yeah which is a wonderful hand cannon if you Fantastic have not used it already. I, I highly I, recommend it. I fight myself on it just because I like Polaris Lance in that slot. I also like uh, Vex in that slot, but no, that, that uh, shoot, I want to say that long. Was that a D? I can't remember if that was a D1 gun or not. Sunshot? It was D2. That was D2 that vanilla. Was D2 vanilla. Because I remember like yeah. uh, if, you, if you played the beta and you played a hunter, uh, that was the exotic that they gave you was the, was the Sunshot. It's a, it's a good little hand cannon. It was. It still is. Um, but yeah, so another kind of like more cerebral yeah. uh, challenge or, or fight versus just, you know, 
kill things. Yeah. Uh, although we're going to return to that in a epic fashion with the next fight, uh, which takes place uh, in the Transfiguration lore card, which is the Scout Rifle. Uh, this one has names that you will most definitely know. Uh, and it goes like this. You're sure you want to keep on with the axe? Ephrodite asked, reloading her rifle. The voice in her comms was barely winded, even as the Iron Lord leapt to avoid a plume of white-hot fire. That's why she gave it to me. I'm one of the only... A globule of light licked past Ephrodite's helmet, and she tugged at her clasp, shrugging free the now-burning cloak. Why in the Traveler's Crack did you wish to fight an actual dragon, old man? Saladin Forge grinned inside his helmet, and the enormous worm towered above them, bleeding wounds covering its gleaming scales as it reared up for another breath. The massive axe in his hands was dented, scarred, and melted at the tip, but it still held an edge. We are knights, Lady Ephrodite. Do you not want to be a dragon slayer? And he charged, and his words could barely be heard over the creature's cry. We are what we survive. That's the end of that one. Fuck yeah! Dude, this is... This is an epic one, man. Like I, I imagine Saladin. So, like in my head, Saladin was a was a and D player, and he's like, "Fight dragons, kill them all, let's go." <laughs> so yeah, I this I don't know why it fits so perfectly. Like why, like of anyone in the Destiny universe, like why would it not be Saladin fighting a dragon with a big two handed axe and be like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that just made sense to me. Yeah, this one just feels it feels fun. It feels it like a, a really cool one. Um and I think this may be the originator of one of Saladin's phrases where he where uh some of his like idol chatter if you sit in the tower uh around Iron Banner time. Um I don't know if he still does, but he used to say like your light is a dragon, feed it. Oh, um, nice. I think I think that's kind of where some of this is coming from yeah. is, you know. You're, you're, he's testing his power against a dragon and therefore, you know, you are what you survive. I I love it. I love it. He's very much, because I mean, that's kind of like what, like the Iron Lords have that like vibe to them, right? Like that, like, yeah, that like Knights of the Round feeling. So like very medieval, very much like, why wouldn't you want to fight a dragon and survive it? Duh. Right. (laughs) Like this is a once in a lifetime chance, Ephrodite. What? Why wouldn't why you be wouldn't doing you? this? Yeah, I, lo- I love the logic in that too. Like, why the fuck wouldn't I fight a dragon? Duh. <laughs> like, no, that's not. No, that's not how that works. So, uh, the one of the final fights that we're going to talk about here uh, comes to us from the Tyranny of Heaven, which is the Last Wish Bow. Uh, and this one also plays out a little differently, and the implications for it are much wider reaching. Uh, so this one goes like this. Tallulah Fairwind smoothed the felt of the table with one hand, idly playing with her chips with the other. Across the table... K 
Caliban ate, wore a green dealer's cap, and looked stricken. The Ahamkara looked like somebody's kindly old grandpa just now, and it could play a mean hand of cards. Twenty, it croned as it raised the stakes. She saw Caliban's eye sensors dilate. The game had started so well, and it seemed like a great story they could have told back at the tower. How was she supposed to have known? Call, said Caliban, tension in his voice. She looked down at her hand. All in. The Ahamkara's grin grew large, and Caliban shook his head. Don't do this, Lula. Don't you leave me here. I can't do it. And the cards went down. She'd lost. And the hunter vanguard tossed her bow to the Exo as the Ahamkara came around the table to collect his winnings. And there's a dare, man. Good luck. She didn't scream. It wouldn't have been dignified. And that's the end of that one. Well, shit. <laughs> Dead, what was it? Dead man's hand? Aces and eights? Uh, they don't say, but I bet it was. So, so now this is a this is a vanguard dare, or this is the hunter dare, right? Yeah. So, um, Tallulah was the hunter vanguard at the time. Yep. Uh, Caliban eight, which we may know uh, from Caliban's hand, the exotic armor piece. Uh, and this that armor piece is alluding to this his hand in the card game. Yep. Um, and apparently the hunter dare was. Whoever survives the card game is the new Vanguard hunter. That's always that's always the hunter thing, because no hunter wants to be the Vanguard. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, that's what it is. And uh, Tallulah lost, and it seems when she went all in, I think light, that was including herself. Yeah. yeah. Tasty, so the tasty hunter collected. treat. You think, you think Ahamkara would, would physically eat a human? I mean, I don't know if either that or like suck the energy out of them, or I, I'm not sure exactly how that would go down. But that's just freaky. I mean, they could eat a human. Yeah. I mean, they can they transform can they into can whatever they want. They like, want. <laughs> I love that's the argument to it. Like, yeah, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They're wish dragons. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I like it. Um. So these we don't have lore cards for, but there are two other battles that I wanted to to touch on. Uh, and those are battles that we see uh, not play out, but discussed in the Witch Queen Collector's Edition uh, books. And uh, those two battles are um, from Ikora's point of view. Um, the first battle is one fought with an Ahamkara that we actually talked about last episode, Azarim. Oh, we didn't like uh, him. We did not like him. He led a bunch of Awoken to their deaths yeah. uh, in the Dreaming City and escaped. Yeah. So here we get to see what became of him. Uh, so Ikora says, When I battled Azarim, he defeated me. He showed me that he could make all my desires real, and I succumbed. It was Wei Ning 
who broke me out of the trance of creation I had fallen into. Moments before I manifested a wish from the quantum vacuum. Four dead strangers returned to life, forgiven their desperate grasp for my ghost, so that I could forgive myself for how quickly and lethally I had responded. If I had finished the wish and fashioned them, I would have annihilated myself. I would have annihilated myself and everything around us. What Wei Ning did was punch me in the head so gently that I only got a concussion. So that's the the end of that entry. <laughs> Fucking Titans. She punched yeah. me so gingerly that I only got a concussion. I didn't get my entire <laughs> skull caved in because that's what a titan would do. Yeah, so a, a little backstory on Ikora here. She, you know, apparently uh, killed a bunch of people when they made a grab for her ghost. And it, it seems like perhaps in retrospect, she... You know, they weren't as much of a threat as she thought they were in the moment, or or whatever it may be. She regrets that that action, and her wish would have been to bring them back to life. Yeah, that's, uh, that wouldn't have been a good thing. Uh, that wouldn't have worked out well, I'm no. sure. Nope. And uh, thankfully, before she was able to do that, Wei Ning saw that she was, you know, succumbing to the temptation and just lightly tapped. Beep her into unconsciousness you, you think you think it made that same sound boop, right right on, right on the noggin yeah yeah i think so that's yeah. that's the titan's version of like boop in the nose they just boop yep you you yep. silly warlock boop boop you sleep now you sleep now uh, <laughs> I, I i like that I, I i like that idea of just a titan just boop you sleep now yep yep uh, but it worked. But so our, it, it did. It worked. It broke her out of the ability of making a wish, and uh, presumably Azarim was killed at the hands of Wei Ning. Yeah, bad on Ahamkara, leading people. Bad off, Ahamkara, walking people off cliffs with singing and shit. I know what the heck, man. But uh, the the last battle that we want to discuss here also from the Witch Queen Collector's Edition, also from Ikora's point of view, uh, is later on in the, the fight. This is after Azurim. And she has learned from her, her uh, dealings with the first Ahamkara. And so she says, When I battled Medir, he tried the same trick as Azurim. But I simply became someone else. I do not mean that I pretended to be someone else. I mean that I allowed Medir to change me into someone that Medir could not tempt. I laugh much less since that day, but I find I am more content. And that's the end of that one. That's an interesting wish. Yeah. Like... We've always looked at these at, 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 from the perspective of like a want and a desire and all that stuff. But if you can look at it like subjectively and be like, well, I just wish to be somebody that can't c- succumb to the desires of a wish dragon. That's, that's fucking brilliant. 
Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, that's the epitome of warlock logic, right? Like, how do I outthink <laughs> the thinker? Like, that's, I love it. Like, that's, I don't think anybody realizes, like, how smart and how, how powerful, like, Cora Ray is. Like, yeah. There's a I, reason she's banned from the Crucible. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's interesting to think prior to the, the hunt, prior to this, this battle with uh, Madir, she personality wise was perhaps completely different yeah. than what she is now. Because who's to say that that w- like there's nothing to say that that wish was like a temporary state, right? Like that, right? That should be. I, I say should be. <laughs> Again, trying to apply logic to wish magic. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and and she even she even says as much. She says, "I laugh much less since that yeah, day." Yeah. Yeah. implying to me that that it was a this is a permanent she, change permanent shift. permanently changed her her perspective her thought process her personality something about her being changed and you know the icora ray of the dark ages and the early city age before this could have been a very different icora interesting so, but with that, uh, the hunt has completed. Uh, and we see this in the D1 grimoire card uh, entitled Ghost Fragment Legends 3. Uh, and it, it kind of gives a summary of the whole thing, but it says, After great deliberation, it was determined that the Ahamkara be made extinct. It was not an easy decision. Power had been obtained from the bargains, and the city needed power. Knowledge had been gleaned, and the Ahamkara knew answers to questions no one had even known to ask. But the price was too high, and no edict or forbearance seemed to stop guardians from seeking them out, driven by hope or vengeance or despair. The call had to be silenced. And so the great hunt did its work. And thus, the Ahamkara were made extinct. Their call silenced. Their flatteries erased. Their great design, if it ever existed, broken. Of this you can be assured, O reader mine. That's the end of that one. Lies! All filthy, (laughs) stinking lies! Oh, reader mine. They know. They know, myth. (laughs) They know that we're reading about them. So, as is implied here, uh, the Vanguard believed, and they, they were very successful in the eradication of Ahamkara, but they weren't all gone. So, but the, the Ahamkara, now that they are gone, so, so far as guardians are, are concerned, enter this realm of myth and legend. They were these, these ancient beings that used to exist. And now it's, you know, there's, they're just rumor about, oh, I saw one here or, or so-and-so said that they know somebody that saw one here kind of thing. Uh, and, and we see one of those rumors on um, the D1 uh, helmet entitled The Long Tomorrow 9G. And just the flavor text on it says, some of them survived, 
I know a fellow says he saw a wish dragon on Jupiter a ways back. So there's there's this still this constant like rumor mill about uh, seeing them, you know, kind of a la Bigfoot or oh or, sure, uh, you sure. Know, whatnot. And I will also put here that. It, it it squashes squashes dreams a little bit, um, but the flying creatures on don't, Venus don't you say it, myth. The flying creatures on Venus don't you fucking say uh, it that you can see in D one and uh, even at the very entry to the Vault of Glass in D two were confirmed by the devs during their Venus ride along to not be ahamkara lies but these are these are lies fed to you by bungie (laughs) the conspiracy continues they are totally living there so needless to say uh we in that same way are feeding into those you know those rumors and myths about like oh we saw this flying thing on venus i totally saw it i saw two of them yeah so we we have this question now of are they really gone? We have a few here um, that we're going to talk about. Uh, so we know that um, we know a few Ahamkara that uh, are important in some way still to the game world. Um, the first one is Hugin, who is presumed killed during the Great Hunt. Uh, their bones are in the Dreaming City, in the Harbinger's Seclude. Uh, an interesting fact about uh, Hugin is that according to Shuro Chi during some of the like Dreaming City patrols that you can do, um, when Hugin was alive, he would travel to the Harbinger Seclude uh, and rest there and the Awoken would come and congregate around him and he would recite their the Awoken's own like mythological stories to to them like tell the stories oh, of their cool. origins to their children like and, and like such. the like the Agar scepter story like the yeah oh yep. that's cool so hugin was like this this storyteller for the awoken uh which i thought was was really cool that's cool um yeah so the presumed like brother or sister to hugin is munin um and for we're we're assuming they're related uh, because of the relation between Hugin and Moon and the uh, ravens of Odin in Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, now, what's interesting here is that both Hugin and Munin died side by side along with Sheer Ido. And we talked about this a little bit uh, during our Awoken uh, series, as well as our Sheer Ido specific episodes. Uh, not really sure how that played out. We're not sure if they were friends or foes. It seems like probably friendly to the Awoken, at least at one point. Um and so, like, why why were they found dead near the body of Sheer? Uh, were they all three fighting something, and they also came to it? Were Sheer well, fighting th- them not for even some the body, reason? Right? Like, they just found the bow. Uh, no, they found her body. They, the body was found. Okay, I couldn't remember yep. if the body was was missing or not. Because that was the other yep. thing too. Is like the whole like lost like 
betrayed, betrayed, right. betrayed, betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do specifically say that, that they found her body. Okay. Um, next to Hugin and Moonen. And when they were found, uh, when the Ahamkara were found, their bones were silent. Ooh. That's a, that's a powerful thing to have. To yeah. silence the bones of an Ahamkara. So uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is one that D2 players may not actually know about. Oh, this might be the- uh, And that is AO. AO? Wait. AO. Oh, that's right. So we know about AO from D1 from uh, the equipment that the AO was a part of. Uh, the, the bones of AO was, was a hunter exotic. But AO actually played a bigger, port, a bigger part of the Dreaming City than we may know. Like help build it or... Not not quite build it, um, but was a frequented it quite okay. a bit from the sounds of it, um, and so we have from the Dreaming City patrols from Shirochi. Uh, she says when we get to uh, a particular location, I, I think it's in the gardens or or somewhere similar. Um, she says this was once a resting place for the Ahamkara Ao, who loved stories. He would recite all of our myths, name all of our heroes, and that's where we went wrong. We should have never trusted him to keep our secrets. He crept out of the dreaming city and went to whisper in the ears of warlocks who wondered who we were, and so we had to kill him. The warlocks, too. Shur hunted him down and skewered him for his deceit. And one of your warlocks bartered for his corpse and traded away his bones. Another mistake on our part. You must never scatter the bones. So this is an Ahamkara that's similar to Hugin, enjoyed stories and, and gathering knowledge about the Awoken, but Eo tried to use it as a bargaining chip to make other deals outside of the dreaming city. And, uh, it's mentioned in our, in our Awoken series. Um, and the, the episodes about Shure that Shure was known as the enforcer of the Ahamkara. Like if an Ahamkara betrayed the Awoken, it was her job to hunt it down. Yeah. And this is one such instance where she, is the reason Ao died, and uh, a warlock essentially bought his corpse from the Awoken, and then turned it into the bones of Ao exotic, as well as um, there are other items in D one called the scales of Ao and the knuckles of Ao um, that were used as uh, like the knuckles. I think guaranteed an exotic drop uh, at the end of a raid. And uh, the scales did something. They may have been an artifact for Titans. Um, there, there weren't lore cards for those. And even Bones of Ao doesn't have a lore card that's relevant to the Ahamkara. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool to see where, where all that came from. Yeah. Um, were there other Ahamkara that you wanted to, to mention? There are. Okay, so I guess these aren't really Ahamkaras, but the 40 eggs that we kill... Uh, to make oh the corrupted eggs, the corrupted for... omelet, yeah. 
to get your to get your uh, sparrow, uh, yeah. the the taken sparrow, uh, and then the forty first egg that I yeah, almost forgot that about. we don't know where it's no gone or what is happening. Clue with it. about it in the season of the lost, uh, right before Witch Queen, uh, where you could visit. Uh, Marasov's chamber in one of the side chambers if you jumped up a little bit and looked through the bars there's a corrupted egg sitting back there and it's like yep. well shit what the <laughs> hell is this doing here so presumably there is a like Riven was the last Ahamkara or were they like I don't know right <laughs> that's that's just messed up Bungie <laughs> another thing that we know here not only are kind of like these these notable Ahamkara and the big hunt is is over and done with and they're presumed dead, although I don't think they're really all gone. I don't think so. Uh, we have a few pieces of lore here that tell us that no, they're they're not all gone. Um and that there is another party within the soul system that has a very vested interest in the Ahamkara. Uh, so we have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off a couple entries here or portions of a couple entries here. The first one is Oath Keepers, uh, the exotic hunter gloves. And we've read these before in relation to Shir Ido, uh, but these are the ones that say, um, you know, in relation to the death of Sheer Ido, someone is bring is breaking that news to Mara, and uh, this person is saying, "This was on her body, Your Grace," and a strange coin lay at the center of Abra's outstretched palm. Mara took it between thumb and forefinger and held it up to the cosmos with dainty contempt. Where guild, she thought, and powerful grief filled her chest and her bow gone Hugin and Moonen the Ahamkara are dead and their bones are silent like that's that's like the connection to the nine right like that's like the right I mean the the, the strange coin that's what you that's what you used to give to Zer I think you no you still do it in the Dares of Eternity um yeah well I guess you give it to the horse yeah. now uh but yeah, like that's the yeah. that's like their currency for us to <laughs> exchange with the nine, right? Um, so the this in relation to Shear's death and Hugin and Moonen died, you know, with her or in in the same were found in the same place, and we know that the nine left this coin. This and Mara refers to as Ware Guild, which is a term for, uh, it's a, an older term. Um, back when the death of a person could be paid off with financial compensation as a means of reparation. Um, and so like where guild, the, if, uh, a, a war happened and, um, a particular noble was killed, like that, that would sometimes enact a, uh, a certain amount of money be sent to them by, by the killer as a means of like, you know, repairing that that relationship. It's, it's quote like unquote. an it's like an oh shit thing. Like we like this person died. Kinda, like shit. Uh, how do we how do we not start another war 
within the yeah. war type thing. So that's so okay. So taking that meaning, and and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin foil a little bit, thinking of where where this coin was found, who it was found on, the entities that were near her. Is it possible to say that the nine wanted either something from the Ahamkara, Mugen and and Hugen, or were wanting to help uh, eradicate the Ahamkara? And just and and Shiro Chi was just a byproduct, or, or not a byproduct, a, a, a um, what would you call that? Collateral, collateral damage. Yeah, yeah, Shirido, by yeah. the way. Did, but did um, I say, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I I'm kind of leaning more towards that one personally. That they took action against the Ahamkara. And that sheer happened to be wrong place, wrong time. Sure. And whatever that action was, she was collateral. Okay. Uh, and if the question that people have is why, why would the nine want to, to do anything to the Ahamkara? The answer comes from the uh, lore entry called Re-Extinction from the book, The Dreaming City, um, and is a conversation of the Nine. And uh, the Nine are, are saying, are, are talking amongst themselves, um, they're saying, she has ruined everything. Such blind arrogance. We are lost. Hurry. We will recruit them all if, he will recruit them all if we do not act now. What can we do? Done cannot be undone. Everything is lost. Kill them where they creep and crawl and let their bones whisper not. The children, they are not our children. We have no time for sentiment. It is this or we lay ourselves bare before the veil. No, no, we must before he takes them all. Imagine his power. Reach together now, that our touch be lethal. We will it so. The dreamer is lost. Cull the rest, that our judgment be true. We will it so. There, there's, there's a lot to unpack in that. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to follow because this is literally like nine different voices having this discussion. Um, I, I all love kind of. Completing each other. I love these the the lore entries where it is the nine talking. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go look them up, and and this is one of them, look it up and look at the format that it's being written in. It's like one of them is in all lowercase, but all the letters are are spaced out with a with a space in between the letters. Another one, all the words are one one long continuous run on words. Another one, all the words, all the letters are all caps. Another one has like every other letter is capital. Another one is like all italicized. Like it's it's a it's a really neat way to distinguish nine different entities. Uh, and we talked about this in the in the the series that we did on the nine of how mm-hmm. we theorize that they are the entities of the soul system. And then like the guy talking in all caps is Jupiter because he's the biggest, he's the greatest. And then like the guy talking in like spaced out letters is like Saturn because there's rings and they're spaced out or something like that. You know, like it's or or the guy talking really small. He's he's Mercury because that's the smallest of them. Like it's it's this really yep. neat like word association thing to all the all the entities there to kind of like lead more more credence to that. But then like 
here where they're talking about before he takes them all. There's only one guy in all of all of creation that takes well one guy that we know of uh and that yeah. being Oryx the Taken King cuz yeah. and again this is kind of like a, a a questionable thing can the witness take i mean i presume so cuz that's where oryx learned I assume, it from right i i assume oryx learned it from the witness but and we've therefore never the seen witness him can do it to be fair, we have never seen the witness do much of anything, <laughs> anything. to be honest. He, he vivisected three guardians and their ghost and their ships and then drew a funky triangle and disappeared. Yep. That's all we've yep. seen. <laughs> so, eh, maybe. To, yeah. To, to go back to this entry, though. Um, so they're saying she has ruined everything. Uh, such blind arrogance. She's talking about Mara yep. there. Um, presumably... Mara's uh, assistance, perhaps, in the Great Hunts. Um, as we talked about in our Nine series, the Nine were invested in the Ahamkara because the Nine are, are incompor- uh, incorporeal, and they want to be corporeal. They no longer want to be tied to their celestial bodies. They want to exist outside of that. And they saw the Ahamkara as a potential route to do that. Yep. But here... They're recognizing Oryx is coming. Yeah. And if he gets here and if he takes and controls the Ahamkara, that's the end of everything. That's the end of that's the end of existence. Yeah. And so what they're saying here, you know, um, is that they're the only thing they can do is kill them where they creep and crawl and let their bones whisper not. Silence. Silence them all. So they are actively reaching out with whatever influence they have to whatever Ahamkara still exists in the soul system and somehow killing them where they are. And And not just killing them where they are, yeah, silencing their bones. And remember, Hugin and Moonen's bones did not whisper when they found them. That's just that's just so I'm I'm of the mindset that the nine killed Hugin and Moonen as part of this, sure, and it happened to be traveling with them and was collateral from whatever caused that death. Yep. I'm I'm this is this is all the logic points to that. So I'm I'm on yeah. I'm on board with this. And they but they do say that they can't reach Riven. Said the dreamer is lost, yep. called the rest. And I, I, I guess that's that's kind of an important thing too. Like, spoiler alert, Riven is taken. Like one yep. of the Ahamkara did get taken. That's why there are corrupted eggs all over the dreaming city that you have to go kill. Like mm-hmm. you, you as the player are helping with this culling, albeit way later in in time. Uh, yeah, with with the use of Shirado's bow to wish enter to to end all the wishes. Yeah. So let's let's dig into that a little bit. So um, we're going to now get into Riven specifically and Riven dealing with Oryx um, and the events of the Taken King and, and the fallout from it. I, 
so I'm not we're not gonna dive too much into Oryx's side of things, but Riven's side of things is very interesting. Okay. So we're going to start with the hood of the Great Hunt, which is the Warlock helmet from Last Wish. And it goes like this. I have been here a hundred cycles. A thousand? I cannot recall. Before the queen came often to visit, we made bargains. Most of those who bargain with me do not win. We take care with those. It is how we feed. But she won. I remember when I carved this cage into the face of reality. I remember when she wished me into it. But the queen is vulnerable now. I can see her, far away, facing into a storm. The light around my cage fades. Darkness fills the chamber as a sheer force of will passes over it. And before me stands a king, and he offers to take me away. But I know he will not let me leave either. An unfavorable position. But I've never made a bargain with a king. I would like to try. So I tell him to take whatever he wishes, as long as he wishes it. And he agrees. And I make an ugly sound with my mandibles. I cannot help myself. I find this scenario mirthful. And then so does he. We do it together. Loud gusts of sound from our faces for whole moments. Most of those who bargain with me do not win. And that's the end of that card. Ooh, this is this. Dude, this is, this is pretty cool. So this is the secret behind how Riven was taken, but did not lose herself. Yeah. Because that's, that's like the big thing, right? Like if you're taken, and, and we talked about this when we, when we covered this, the stasis stuff in Strand, of like taking is like taking someone's will and their will is no longer their own. And, and that's like, that's the whole right. thing. But somehow Riven still had her will like she was still able to talk to us throughout the entire last wish raid and and like kind of like egg us on and and antagonize us the whole time but it's because like oryx had to take her via a wish like that's like yep he had to like he had to wish to take her that's like the ultimate like catch 22 i love it yep so she she was taken and was influenced by that power, but because it was a wish that she has control over, she didn't that's, that's lose her will awesome. to it. Uh, and this this final moment of them like yeah, described somewhat weirdly as like loud gusts of sound come from our faces. Uh, 
I think that that is, I think that's literally Oryx is feeding off the power he got from taking an Ahamkara, but at the same time, she is feeding off the power of I such like a it. large wish. Like and you know, that last line, most of those who bargain yeah. with me do not I, win. I also thought of it as like the two of them are laughing because they both have, they both like both parties are convinced that, that too. they've won. Like, but neither side knows of the they've other won. side. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Riven has a little bit of an upper hand here. I, I feel like she does, but like, <laughs> holy shit, this is so cool. Yeah. So uh, we see this is her meeting with Oryx and Oryx taking Riven. Um, we progress the timeline a little further. And, and real quick, that, that event happened literally at the, at the exact same time as the Battle of Saturn, correct? The, take, the taking of Riven. Because that's like the fading of the lights. That was that to me, that was like Mara dying. Uh, like her will, her, her yeah. will is no yeah. longer like helping keep Riven caged. And therefore Oryx was able to slip in kind of like through a back door. That's, that was, that right. was my kind of like understanding of, of yeah. how he got there. Cause it like, and, and again, he could have just walked through the ascendant plane and appeared there. And that's basically what happened. Uh, so yeah. 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 So it would, would have been shortly after that in that fight. Um, and this is shortly after we finish our our deed in King's Fall, um, and the uh, the gloves gloves of the Great Hunt go like this. I am a king no longer. The king's corpse hangs in orbit above a world I will never see, not from this cage. I am riven, I am taken, and I am beholden to no one and no thing. I have not spoken in years. I think about what inflection I would use if I did, but no one is there. The king's voice faded long ago. No voice comes to mind. The king despaired in his final moments, rightly so, his vengeance denied. Most of those who bargain with me do not win, and I am afflicted by tedious repetition. That's the end of that one. Ooh. So, um... Riven seems to have had some kind of like mental link with yeah. Oryx uh, through this taking process. So she felt at one time, like she, she says, I am a king no longer kind of implying that she had either some influence over Oryx or could see through his eyes to a degree. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we killed him. Yeah. Uh, my corpse is floating over a world I will never see that yeah. floating off over Saturn. Yeah. And so now she is taken, but has no master has had, she's not beholden to anything and she's bored. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Like, but it makes sense. But like, that's weird to be a taken entity that still has its will. And it's, yeah. 
stuck. Is this is this okay? So her boredom had to have been what led to her corrupting Aldrin. But to to try and free her from the cage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think is. That, is that was the is ultimate goal: there. is like get her out of the cage so she wouldn't be bored anymore, and therefore this is a way to do it. Is yep. is to corrupt Aldrin and have him just basically walk up and open the damn door. Yeah. Hey, you know the combination of this lock, right? Oh, I sure do. Hey, you want to come open it? <laughs> so, uh, but she's not alone, although she's bored. Uh, we see from the boots of the Great Hunt, uh, which are the warlock boots, she has some, some company, though not good company. They say, The Techians are poor company. Like me, they are taken, but I am riven. My thoughts are my own. They do not speak to me. When they open their mouths, they emit ugly, incomprehensible sounds. I am afflicted by tedious repetition. But today, I have a visitor. She reminds me of the king, yet subtler. Nothing announces her arrival. Her will does not flow through the system in open challenge against her enemies. Though there are many here she would call enemy. And her will would not flow, it would crash. I did not notice her. That means the light did not notice her. She knows that I am taken, that I am beholden to no one. So I ask her if she wishes to take up those strings. And she does. And I take a new shape. My cage loses its purpose. I can tell this is not a part of her grand design. This is an introduction. She is at play. And through our new bond, I glimpse her intention. And I hope she remains at play. Most of those who bargain with me do not win. She releases vibrant, unrestrained laughter. I do not. And that's the end of that one. Is that Savathun? That's Savathun. Is that Savathun? Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, so. the Tachyans are pretty obvious. That's, that's uh, 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 the first two bosses. Uh, yep. Shiro Chi <laughs> and uh and Callie, the other two uh of the Techians uh that were that were with Mara. Yep. So yeah. Um so yeah, Savathun makes her way to Riven and apparently makes a wish to control Riven. Yeah. In a way that Riven does not win the bargain. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. That's and like like her laughing there. That's what made me think of like the two of them, like the king and, and Riven laughing. Yeah. Like in this one, Savathun is laughing. Riven is not because she's like shit. Yeah. I just lost at my own game. What do I do? But she can now see into 
the kind of thoughts or or being of Savathun and his interest like wants her to to keep doing whatever she's planning because yeah. Riven finds it interesting and worthy of seeing to its conclusion. Yeah, that's a mine that I don't want to be in. <laughs> yeah. mine's going to be like a crazy house. Yeah, no thank you. Um so we're going to finish off with our time with Riven uh with the bond of the great hunt, which is the warlock class item. Uh, and it explains Riven's point of view as we finish the last wish raid. And it says this. I am Riven, and I am pleased. The Techians believe that with my, with my heart in tow, I will remain imprisoned. But my bargain with them is fulfilled. And they will pay. This city will pay. But what about you, brother slayer, spawn killer, child of light? What will you do now that we are bonded for all your lives? I gave you everything you wanted in that moment. Everything you needed. You complete your raid and you are rewarded for your efforts. Did you exhibit a, a violent display in the aftermath? I wonder. Some of you do. Everyone wants more than they have, a key element of all bargains. You are afflicted by tedious repetition, and it is my turn to benefit. Most of those who bargain with me do not win, O oh, murderer mine. And that's the end of that one. Well, shit. <laughs> I guess. I guess all guardians are any guardian that completes the raid is fucked. Pretty much. Yep. Even if you didn't complete the raid. <laughs> yep. So, um, so this this is interesting though. So it seems to be that the taking of the dreaming city is not necessarily a planned thing by Savathun. Yeah. It almost seems like the curse on the city is purely Riven's doing out of partly out of spite, I think of being taken advantage of for so long to build the city. Yeah. And partly out of like, you know, Riven's collecting on the wishes she's granted. Yep. I, uh, and you know, this is how she's decided the bill is due. Um, now she may have done that knowing that Savathun could take advantage of it in some way. I was going to say, cause that's like the big like theory with it. Like that's the entire truth to power book is that, the entire dreaming city curse of the three week cycle is actually of Coria's doing because Coria at that point in time is, is taken uh, and, and was gifted to Savathun and therefore Savathun is using that as a battery to like power, whatever she's powering. Like that's like the big, like, is that what really, is that what truth to power is really talking about? But like, it seems that it's more of ribbon just kind of like, 
fucking with us. <laughs> I, I think it's a situation that Riven did of her own accord that either Riven did it knowing that Savathun could further the suffering or Savathun, once it oh, happened, yeah. went, oh, I can take advantage of this. Right, because um, Riven saw into Savathun and saw the plan. Right. And was like, "I'll yeah, I'll let her play her game, but yeah. then lost. And so like this is like her way of like, okay, well, I lost, but did I really lose? Right. So the, the city, the, the curse of the city is one piece. The other piece of this is Riven is now bound to us forevermore. That's, that's, the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the part where we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, murderer mine. Yeah, that's us. That's, yep. We're the murderer. We killed her. <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> so um, to, to finish things out here, I uh, have a couple more readings. And um, just real quick, I want to go through a little bit of a timeline because we've talked about a lot over our last two episodes, uh, well, this episode and the last one. And I want to just really highlight some of the things that Ahamkara have confirmedly done that have affected the universe as a whole in Destiny. Okay. So number one. Callus's wish. Yeah. Uh, and I thought about this a little more, and I think maybe his wish was to love himself. Aww. And that brought about Keitel's birth uh, because he saw in her something that he could mold into a, a being that would forever be dependent on him would would love him unconditionally and in doing so he smothered her to get and ended up with the exact opposite response yeah uh and he also has the undying loyalty of his like clone army oh yeah yeah uh so not a single one of the uh shadow legion question him right um, so, you know, in, in a way that is still loving himself, even if it's a yeah. clone of himself. Um, yeah. so I, I feel like his wish was something along those lines, but regardless that one wish and the unknown countless wishes of emperors before him that may have had access to the bone have ended, have, have put the cabal where they are today. If those yeah. didn't happen the cabal would have gone a completely different route. Let it could have, could have been the, what led him to the scions, the, and the oxide, like the, yep. All of that. Yeah. Every, everything that cabal are built on is built on a wish, a, a wish granting bone. Yes. Uh, number two, Aldrin wished to find the lie made real to help Mara. He found Riven. Boom. So the entire founding of the dreaming city, literally everything to deal with Riven and the dreaming city and the um, Mara's throne world, all of that stemmed off this one desire to find this thing. And, Oh, look, there's this little dragon that does exactly what I need. Yeah. Uh, and I do wonder perhaps his eventual corruption from the black garden and which led to his manipulation by Riven was Riven calling in the price for that wish. 
Oh, sure. Later down the later down the line. Yeah. Uh and if that's the case, then that directly led to all the events of Forsaken. Jesus. Uh Pradith wished to fight forever, which could have led to him being trapped in Vault of Glass, and uh therefore us eventually finding ourselves in Vault of Glass. And he he literally like even like today, presumably, he is still fighting in Vault of Glass. He is trapped in there for eternity. Yeah. Somewhere, some when, he's still in there. Uh the next one would be Ikora using her wish to literally change into someone that Ahamkara could not tempt, altering herself forever. Uh, we have Talula, who gambled with the Ahamkara, which uh, led to Caliban becoming the Hunter Vanguard, and you could say also led to every Hunter Vanguard after him. Yeah. Because if he had not been the successor, then perhaps... Uh, I don't know if it was Andal that was immediately after him or not, but you know, down the chain could have been a completely different chain of people if Tallulah had stayed around longer. Sure, or even like the idea of the dare, like right. I feel like I feel like that is the first dare because if Tallulah was one of the first or or the first, like that is the rest of the dare. Is yep. the all all the hunters for the rest of time are beholden to this one event. Uh, Eris wish to escape the Hellmouth with her little Ahamkara bone. Which I think she stole when she was trying to eradicate him with, with Ikora, and was just like, hmm, I'll grab one of these while I'm at it, and this might come in handy later. I, I do think it came from the Great Hunts. Um, but she used it to wish to escape the Hellmouth, uh, which happened when us, the player guardian, broke down the door of the Hellmouth in D1, um, which led to her escaping, but also led to the reawakening of Crota, which led to us eventually killing him, which then led to the invasion of Oryx. And so like that, that one it, wish that crazy like from that, Eris. It's like all of destiny. <laughs> like Eris is the reason destiny exists right now. Yep. Uh, Oryx, when he got here, wished to take Riven, which allowed her to keep her own will uh, as seemingly the price of his wish and seemed to give her the ability to control the taken after Oryx's death. Yep. Cause she summons them in the last wish. Like yep. the, the entire last wish raid, all of those taken that are there are all being summoned by Riven. They're all uh, presumably under Riven's control because they're not, they're not, there is no one there. They're, the Taken by the time you get to the last wish, you got to think timeline wise. Taken King is dead. He's long gone. Yeah. There are no presumably there are no new Taken. But in the last wish, there are millions of new Taken, and you're yeah. constantly fighting hordes and hordes and hordes of new Taken. So yeah, presumably Riven has that power to just conjure Taken up out of nowhere. Well, remember, she she had this bond, this this link to Oryx. She may have very well learned what it, oh, what she needs to do to take. She could she could actively be taking. Yeah. Holy shit! So going further down this, uh, Savathun wished to control Riven, which led, in one way or another, to the Dreaming City being cursed. This is speculation on my part. I don't know that this was supposed to be a murder battery. 
And even Truth to Power on one page says it was, and on the very next page says it wasn't. Yep. Um, I wonder if perhaps this was a place to allow Riven under Savathun's control to create new Taken. Ooh. Now this this is another important bit, and to I like want to build an, an infinite army. Right. I don't want to dig into this too too much, but Quoria could not take. Right. Quoria could control Taken that had already been made, but could not make new ones. Interesting. But if if presumably Riven could, then right. I mean that's an infinite army that you could. Right. So you have you have Riven that can make them and then Quoria who can command them. I interesting. I'm pulling that piece of information from a uh, patrol with Toland, where Toland says uh, Quoria is the key. The mind simulates Oryx and therefore therefore masters the power to take. But of course, Quoria has no power of its own. So that tells me Quoria can't, Quoria knows everything it needs to know about Taken, but it can't make them. There's a, there's a ton of little texts like that throughout the uh, Shattered Throne dungeon yeah. uh, from Toland. Like, so everywhere you find Toland in the Shattered Throne, he has some type of really good uh, bit of information. Uh, as much as we say, fucking Toland, he, <laughs> he, 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 he's kind of subject matter expert. A little bit. A little bit. He's a crazy bastard, but knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the throne's right there. It's empty. Just take it. No, no, no. No, no, no. We don't want that. Well, and here's the thing. I don't know that that throne was empty. Now, oh, knowing shit, what we know because now. Because of Riven. Oh, I think, shit. I think that power transferred to Riven, essentially. I think you're right now. I think you're absolutely right. Because of Riven. Holy yeah. shit. Uh. More recently, Crow was guided. I, I'm theorizing here a little bit. Crow was guided to create the Cryptolith lure, which we used during season of the uh, season of the hunt. Thank you. Yep. Um, by I believe an Ahamkara relic, because in the lore entry, which is on the Cryptolith lure itself. Um, it's talking about Crow and Glint are in this like back room of spiders, old stuff, old collection, trying to find something that can help them. And one of the things Glint is like going around scanning things. He's like, oh, look, a golden age missive written on pulped plant matter. And, oh, this is a pre-collapsed data pad named after a fruit. Uh, he references an iPad. I love it. Yeah. It's an apple. <laughs> It's wonderful. Um, one of the things he scans is like, oh, look at this. Isn't this cool? Is a fully intact Ahamkara brain. Jesus Christ. What is that doing in spider shit? Like it near spider? Get the fuck out of here. That's bad. Right. So I don't know if a brain has the same effect as the bones, but I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I would think so. So at the very least, and after, as they enter this room, lo and behold, the one thing that Crow needs to create this lure, he just so happens oh, to find. Shit. So I, I have a sneaking suspicion that he only found that because of that Ahamkara brain. And, uh, you know, 
I, I imagine perhaps the, you know, we, we may not know what the price of it was. It might've been something small. It could have been something as big as that's why he regained his memories, or maybe that's why, you know, if we really want to go deep into it, perhaps that's what ultimately led to like him losing, you know, Amanda or, or oh, who knows? No, I sad. say also somewhat recently, um, and this is another one that like, Im- if we, if we put the spin foil on implications are endless. Eris Morn on Nezerak's whisper, the glaive. She's hunting Nezerak. She's trying to find where, where is Nezerak? And she finds the glaive on the pyramid, uh, the moon pyramid. And she's gripping her Ahamkara bone. And she whispers into the air, where are you? Now, I want to give Eris the benefit of the doubt. She's had this I, thing I, forever. I don't know, man. She's been toting this damn thing all over the dang universe. She she knows what it is. She knows what it does, how it works, how dangerous it is. She keeps it concealed in soul fire all the time. I was going to say, it has been encased in that soul fire, which is the hive magic. So presumably she can keep the wishes in there. You know what I mean? Like, right. Keep it uh, in like, check. Yeah, like a like a little pocket universe inside that soul fire to where it can't whisper out and nothing can whisper in unless she wills it to, unless she wants to. Yeah. So, but if we wanted to be a little, you know, little spin foil theory on it, perhaps her wanting to know or wanting to find Nezarak is what led to the somewhat crazy series of events that caused Nezarak's resurrection and us finding him. That's crazy talk, man. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about spin foily. Like that's, I mean, but it's not out of the realm of possibility with, 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 God dang it. (laughs) With wish magic. That's a hard phrase to say. So these are some of the ways that we we know in some cases and can theorize in others that Ahamkara have had a direct or indirect impact on where we've ended up. Pretty much the entire Destiny story. They have they've really touched a little bit of everything. Um which leads us into the final question for for this episode and and about Ahamkara in general. What's their end goal? What's their I, game? I, I know what it is. So we're going to do two readings. Uh, well, three readings. Two from pieces in game and one from the most recent collector's edition. Uh, or excuse me, the Witch Queen collector's edition. And I, that essentially explain this. So the first one we're going to read is The Claws of Ahamkara, which is the uh, Warlock Exotic. And it says, It's suffocating here, this prison. Do us a favor, O bearer ours. Still your mind. Invite us to enter the realm of your capricious thoughts. Your mind is vociferous, addled with worry and doubt. We can extinguish these trifles. Would you like that? Yes, we are here, 
We are not the photons on your screen or the voice in your head or the words you read. Shut your eyes tightly and you may see us, at least part of us. Make us real and in turn we shall reify your thoughts, your dreams. So that's the end of that one. Before we talk, before we discuss, before we discuss, uh, the next one we're going to do is the skull of Dyer Don't do it, Myth. <laughs> I'm afraid. So the skull says this. Oh, bearer mine. What kind of talking skull would address its host that way? A stiff, stuck-up old fossil? But not me. Ahamkara, the illusion that one's ego depends on an object or an idea or a body. Some people say you should have no ahamkara. Some people say you need to have the right ahamkara. All I know is that you are not an illusion. Understand? This world around you, the people you meet, they're a little thin, right? Cardboard and drywall, cheap theater. Come on, try it out. Say, I am more than this. Feels good, doesn't it? I am the only real person here. Isn't it like their insults and bullets just went a little soft? I came to find you. Only you. Because you're special. You're from somewhere real. And together, we can burn our way back there. Can't we? Oh, player mine. So you might have an idea of what the Ahamkara are playing at here, but to really just drive it home. Uh... The last reading of tonight, which comes to us from the Hidden Dossier, uh, which was part of the Witch Queen Collector's Edition, is uh, is uh, Ikora talking about what the Ahamkara's end goal is. And she says, Ahamkara willingly seek destruction in order to be taken as trinkets by guardians. You must know this. You've tried to exploit those trinkets as thoroughly as any of the other factions. But do you understand the metaphysics behind their desire? I do. I once wished to know more about Ahamkara. Wish granted. Ahamkara believe that by transforming themselves... By metamorphosizing from monsters into treasures, they become more real, more important anatologically. It is the gap between reality as is and reality as desired that they feed on. And guardians are the richest, finest source of reality as desired that they have ever met. What have Ahamkara artifacts ever done but instill delusions of grandeur? A 
solipistic madness. I am more real than what surrounds me. Why is that? The skulls of Daher Ahamkara speak to me. They know I want the truth, and they whisper to me of a path they climb. They call it the anathematic arc. They are going somewhere. Somewhere they consider more real. And guardians are part of how they get there. That's the end of that entry. So, Ahamkara are a little metagamey. <laughs> they know they're in a video game. They do. And they want out. Myth, what have you done? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that is the Ahamkara's end goal, is they, they want access to that higher plane of existence. They no longer want to be pixels on a screen. Uh, and they know that our guardian, and guardians in general, are piloted by beings of this higher plane of existence. And so they're literally attaching themselves to guardians as armor and trinkets to try and get close enough to get out, to get into our world. What if what have you done, Myth? What have you done? I have just spread the truth is all I've done. Spread spread the truth. Spread the power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I abs I I fucking love that. Like you, the idea that an entity in a video game knows it's in a video game and wants out. I that's that's like that's super freaking cool. <laughs> I, I I absolutely love Bungie for doing something like that. Like it it I don't know it it like helps connect it more right like it makes it feel it, it honestly as weird as it sounds it makes the game feel more real it's yeah. it's so crazy to me to to think like that but it's I love it I love that that little inkling is in there like they they have now bound themselves to every player by saying oh player mine like that's that's it that's game over we're now we're now beholden to them <laughs> that's that's so awesome. <laughs> So, say with with that, that's gonna end our uh, Ahamkara episodes. Well, holy uh, shit! Yeah, yeah, this this was a fun one. That was awesome. This this was awesome. I I've been wanting to do this forever. Like this this was this was my I I don't know like all the little stories in there. The you know Saladin fighting a dragon. The 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 Praetis is just fighting for eternity or, you know, just the idea of like every time you read about, Oh, Hey, here's this bone. Oh shit. It's an Ahamkara bone. Yep. Like that's like changes your entire understanding of history of, of what happened. Like the entire cabal, like, Oh my God, all the events of every destiny, like the, the entire Riven thing and taken and, and the, and the, the last wish, like 
I mean, we we get to fight and kill a dragon. We think we like because even after you kill her in the hearts cleanse, like if you sit there long enough, that she comes back and she's like, "Oh, thank God, they're all gone." I'd love to show you what she wished for, and then that's it. Like, what? Who is she? What? Mara, the queen, the 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 witch queen, the the Sabathun, the you ribbon she? Like, who? What right. she? Like, Coria? Is that technically a she? I don't know. Yeah. I love I love Ahamkara. I love the the entire idea of them. I love that that we're able to like pull all these bits of data together and be like, okay, this is what we think they are. This is where we think we're going with them. So yeah, yeah. and and there is like like I said, as far as as far as a a, a Ahamkara, there is at least one corrupted egg somewhere. It's it's it was sitting in Mars chamber. We we've never seen it since. That's been a little over a year now since we've seen it. Probably about a year and a half since we've seen it. So it's like, where is that thing? What is the plan for that? Is that some hidden plan for Mara? Is that some hidden plan for the Nine? Is that some hidden plan for the Ahamkara? Savathun, the Witness. Like, who knows where this plan could come from? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> all righty well we did it uh myths we I, I guess we'll move on to shout outs do we got any shout outs yeah so no specific shout outs tonight uh which is is fine uh just do our normal little spiel uh so say if you uh you know found us entertaining on your platform of choice uh and feel strongly enough to leave a review we encourage you to do so um, if you really felt strongly and you want to leave a text review, if your platform allows that, uh, please do so. We, we enjoy reading those. Um, or if you want to just reach out to us outside of that, uh, you can reach us at Myths and Stories with a Z instead of an S on Twitter. Uh, and we, we do read through those when we can. I haven't been as good about keeping up on it lately just because stuff has been busy in, in the, uh, the rest of my life so i uh, say but we uh we do read through those and you may hear yourself in a future shout out yeah all right well uh anything else myth that's it all righty well then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next week oh listener mine <laughs>